Welcome to the Kentuckian, folks. Glad to have you with us. Howdy, everybody. Glad to be back with you. Glad that you're here joining for, joining us for another episode of the Kentuckian. Now, this episode is, is going to be a little bit more fun, a little more laid back, honestly, a little bit easier right now. Uh, but uh, I think I kind of want to do something a little more relaxed, a little more entertaining. Uh, I want to talk about some of the influential songs in American history for this episode. I think, I hope you'll find this interesting. I find it interesting. I love music. Um, now, to be clear, though, I'm not going to put ep- music in this episode. It limits the platforms that I can put uh, the episode on. It doesn't get as good feedback when it comes to, you know, how many listens I actually get and that sort of thing. It was a cool experiment to do. I believe it was episode 41, if I remember correctly. The Men Behind the Wire was the name of that episode. But it, it's only available on Spotify. I'm not going to do that anymore right now. There's some other iterations where I can maybe put some clips of music in, say, a YouTube video. But we do have a lot of other developments that might get your attention. And one of those is the YouTube channel. It's now up and running. We'll talk about that later, though. Music has been an important part of human development for basically our whole history. Genesis 4, verse 21. This is just uh, to show one of the earliest records of music. Genesis 4, verse 21 records the first harp and flute players just a few generations after Adam and Eve, and probably would be safe to assume that we had music before that, but that was one of the earlier records of it. Music has played a fascinating and somewhat humorous role in some ways in American history, and you'll you'll find that thread through basically all history, but we're going to talk about American history. So we're going to talk about 10 songs. Some of them you may know, some of them you may not, but let's get into it. I'm really going to, I think, I know I'm really going to enjoy it. I enjoyed making this episode. I hope you enjoy it too. So the first song is Yankee Doodle. Now, this is probably one of the most well-known songs on this list. Yankee Doodle was a song made up by British soldiers to make fun of the American colonists during the revolution. And well, I mean, Americans being Americans, we adopted it as our own. We're like, are you going to make fun of us? You know, we like this song. We're going to use it. We're going to sing it. And uh, perhaps did not have the desired effect that the British meant it to. The next song, again, probably a common song, at least in having heard of it. And this is from the war between the states era is Dixie. Or sometimes you might see it as Dixie's Land. Dixie was the number one most popular song in the South during the war between the states. Although, ironically, versions were also popular in the North and among Union Army units. So, if you're watching a, a movie about the quote-unquote Civil War and it's the North singing, or it's the South singing Dixie and the North singing the Battle Hymn of the Republic, uh, it was not as cut and dried as that, but um, there is that stereotype. But it was the most popular song in the South. There's no denying that. The song was actually written by a man named Dan Emmett in the North for a play that makes fun of Southerners and much of the, the play's uh, plot. Well, as you might guess, it was taken very much in stride. Southerners love this song. And in much the same way as Yankee Doodle, they were they took it as sort of a theme, right? And you'll kind of pick up on this a little bit if you listen to a version of the song with all the original lyrics. If you'd like to hear a version of the song much how it would have been 
performed back then and with the original lyrics. Check out the second South Carolina string band. They have it on uh, their YouTube and, and Spotify as Dixie's Land, if I remember correctly. But they focus on making uh, as accurate as possible music of that period today. Do a great job. If you do go and check them out on YouTube, I would love it if you all would comment that the Kentuckians sent you all over to them. They don't know me, but if you all let them know that I'm sending you sending them some listeners, maybe I can make a little connection there. Uh, they do they do a lot of music. I actually like listening to them fairly often, but that would be a great place to hear a pretty original version of Dixie. Now, you may still not really be familiar with the song. I have a few international um, listeners. Glad to have you, by the way. And perhaps I've found that some people just don't really know the song, and they might recognize it if they heard it. If you remember the old TV show, The Dukes of Hazard, the horn that the General Lee has on it, that that uh, special do 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 do, that is based off of Dixie. It takes a few notes from Dixie. I think if you heard it, you would probably at least have a vague recollection of it. And some people I know are going to know it very well. But that's a fun song and a kind of interesting in a, in a similar story to Yankee Doodle. It was meant to make fun of them and. And was very much taken in stride. I do want to talk about one song from World War One. Uh, now, World War One is kind of interesting. We don't think about World War One a lot. I haven't even, I don't think I've really talked about it at all on the Kentuckian yet. Although I'm, I'm sure I will eventually. I may have mentioned it from time to time. It's kind of an interesting period in sort of the cultural productions and the overall attitude towards international affairs and war and the Great War, as it was called at the time. But there's one song in particular called Over There. Now, this was a very popular song during World War I. It was actually also popular during the Second World War. And <laughs> I'm telling you, it's hard for me to listen to this song without a patriotic fervor overtaking me. I, it... It is very catchy. <clears throat> oh, excuse me, voice crack there. Um, it's very cat. It's a very catchy song. There are a few versions of it. You can just look it up on YouTube and find a few. One of them is much more like for marching, and there's a there's a version that is has kind of all the lyrics. It's kind of it's kind of, it probably sounds kind of weird, but the marching version mainly just has the chorus, whereas the lyrics version has the lyrics and the chorus. But man, it's it's a really upbeat, great song. If any Hun, which they referred to in the song at the time, it would have it was referring to Germans hearing this song, but from some army unit in Europe should start to worry because man, it is it is a motivating song. I really like it. If there's any song that you choose to listen to from this list, and especially if you're looking for a patriotic one to listen to, look up a few versions of this song. Highly recommend it. It's probably pretty obscure to most people, but it's actually a really great, really kind of, uh, it, it's a catchy tune, but the lyrics are also both fun and catchy, if that makes sense. Great song. Really recommend it. Now, I want to talk also about World War II songs. Now, I mentioned that Over There was also popular in World War II, but I could talk about a bunch of songs from this era. I I grew up listening to a lot of Glenn Miller and other songs from this era. About 1937 to the end of World War II especially was the golden age of swing and jazz music, and in my opinion was perhaps, could be argued, the golden age of American music, period. 
a, a bunch of fantastic music that came out during this time. Not all, and by no means was all of it related to the war, although there was, as you could probably guess, quite a bit that was, but just fantastic music. It's kind of, it's not that common anymore, although some people still listen to it. I still listen to it some. It is, it is just great. And so I grew up, I, I grew up with it and I know a lot of it and I've heard even more of it as I've gotten older. So I'll have a few from here. The first one I want to say, say, and some of you, if you know a little history, may have heard of these or maybe, you know, your grandma used to listen to them or you heard them at, at their house or something like that. But most people probably aren't super familiar with these. The first one is Don't Sit Under the Apple Tree. This was a classic song. The most famous version that I know of was performed by the Andrews Sisters, which was a trio of three sisters that were extremely popular in this era. And the music for this song was done by Glenn Miller and his orchestra. Glenn Miller, in case you don't know, was a phenomenal swing jazz composer, and he had his orchestra, and he was like the band during World War II and a, and a few of the years before. He took off. He actually... It was super, super popular, by far the most popular from my understanding. And he actually disappeared close to the end of the war. They think that he, he was over in Europe and they think he was taking a aircraft across the English Channel to go to Paris, if I remember correctly, for a Christmas Eve or Christmas um, concert that he was doing for radio and, and for the troops and everything. He was either going to Paris from England or going to England from Paris. I don't remember exactly which. And he disappeared on that flight. Nobody knows what happened to him. They think what may have happened is uh, it was very foggy. They think maybe some bombers dropped their bombs on his plane. Quick explanation on that. I don't want to get too much off on a side tangent. But if bombers were coming back from bombing missions during World War II, they're going back to England if they didn't drop all their ordnance, all their bombs, they would drop it in the English Channel because you didn't want to really land with it if possible because you could, you know, cause it to detonate if you had a rough landing, and obviously that's pretty bad. And the plane that he was taking was a smaller one-engine aircraft, and it would have been flying much lower than the bombers. So this amazing musician unfortunately disappeared, and they don't know exactly what happened to him, but uh, he was amazing, amazing composer, and was the band his band was the band at the time but he did the music for don't sit under the apple tree let's get back on track uh, this is a swinging upbeat tune of a lady or a mister depending on whose version you're listening to because several people men and women recorded this song uh, but the andrews sisters they're singing to her man or she's singing to her man not to mess around while he's gone because the spot under the apple tree is reserved for them when they get back from the war. It's very, very possessive. Don't sit under the apple tree with anyone else but me till I come marching home. That's that's part of the chorus. Uh, but it is a very upbeat, fun tune. Another song from that time, also big version done by their most famous version done by the Andrews Sisters, is the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. You might have heard of this one too. A very jazzy, popular little song. Again, done by the Andrews Sisters, but it was originally written for a movie, actually, that they performed. It was an Abbott and Costello movie, ironically enough. They performed this song, but they it actually took off 
after a little while. And this song is a lot of fun. It's about a fantastic trumpet player that gets drafted for the war, and they made him the bugle boy for his company. And you might guess where that's going, but you'll have to listen to the song for yourself. Hey, folks, just wanted to remind you about my Patreon page. Any amount you can afford makes such a massive difference and allows me to bring you more great content. Back to the show. Another song from this period is It's Been a Long, Long Time by Kitty Callen is the version that was originally recorded and, as far as I know, was the most famous version. This was a song that was written at the end of World War II, literally if I remember correctly, it actually was written like within a day or two of the end of the war. And it was really meant to capture the feelings of so many now that the war was finally over. Many people are going to be going home. Of course, the fact that they've conquered such a momentous, mind-bogglingly large-scale thing. And, of course, a lot of emotions, a lot of loss, a lot of grief, a lot of joy, right? It's very well written, and it is great music. I love the song. It is a bit slower than many of the popular tunes from this time, though, but obviously I think it's it's pretty easy to understand why when you think about the situation, right? It's, it's, it's very... It's not, like, sad. It's I wouldn't call it a sad song, but it is perhaps a little somber, but in a good way, right? In kind of a reminiscing, uh, hopeful way, if that makes sense. But it's a very, very good song. Like I said, all sorts of songs we could talk about from that period. It is, uh, like I said, great time for music. Not just war-related, but a great time for music. And those are some of the influential, popular songs of the time. Now, I do want to talk about a song, actually a couple songs from the Vietnam era. Music played a large part in many of the things going on at the time or expressed perhaps a lot of the uh, dissatisfaction and and various uh, cultural and political things going on at the time and people's frustration with them, their dissatisfaction, their their anger at many times. But the the first one I want to talk about is Fortunate Son by Credence Clearwater Revival. Now, this is a classic. It's been a thing for a long, long time about Fortunate Son being connected with the Vietnam War. You know, you hop in your Huey helicopter in Vietnam for a mission, and the first thing you do is flip the Fortunate Son switch that, of course, was built into every helicopter in Vietnam so you can blare it as you're flying off to your mission. <laughs> um, it is it is a running joke. There's a lot of memes and jokes about it. Uh, but Fortunate Son was, was very very popular at the time it was done as i mentioned by credence clearwater revival who had a lot of songs a lot of good songs in my opinion i like a lot of the stuff that they did although some of their songs are a little crazy quite honestly they were probably i would guess on drugs writing some of those songs if you've ever heard um oh i'm drawing a blank on the song looking out my back door by ccr by credence clearwater revival if you listen to the lyrics, they had to have been on something, it seems like. But anyway, I do like a lot of their music. And of course, this is, I would say, easily their most famous song. And it was one of the most popular songs of the time, if I understand correctly. It was definitely super popular. And as most of the popular songs of the time, it has a relatively rebellious and anti-war message, right? It ain't me. I ain't no senator's son. You know, the, that... I ain't no fortunate son, it says eventually, as as you might guess from the title. 
it's basically saying, I don't have stock in this war, right? And that was the feeling or similar feelings that a lot of people held, a lot of musicians held. And uh, we ain't getting into Vietnam in this episode and all the politics and all the different things related to the war and what was going on in the country. But either way, this song rocks, and I love it. I love listening to it from time to time, especially those opening few um, riffs. Very famous. It's great. Now, another song that I want to talk about, and I would actually be curious to know um, perhaps where my middle-aged listeners, if they would know this or not, so maybe not quite, you know, they weren't necessarily teenagers in the Vietnam era, but sort of after that, a little bit after that, is a song called Tie a Yellow Ribbon Around the Old Oak Tree. And I'd be kind of interested to know if y'all heard, if you all know of this song or if it's something you all kind of uh, remember. It was written at the end of the Vietnam War for the U.S., written in 1973 and performed in 1973. I guess I could have just said recorded. Uh, this popular song was performed by Tony Orlando and Dawn, and it's about coming home and wondering whether they'll still be accepted by the one that they love. There's some indication that the song was originally referring to a prisoner coming home from jail and whether he'll be accepted. Either way, it obviously has a lot of application. Once you listen to it, it makes a lot of sense that guys coming back from Vietnam would really feel a connection and it would really relate to this song. It was definitely influential, and it seems to reference the old tradition or the alleged old tradition of women wearing a yellow ribbon if they had a man in the U.S. cavalry. Eventually, this, this tradition was adapted by people to show that they had somebody at war or in prison to communicate that they were waiting for him to come home and that they'd be accepted back. And so that's what this, this song talks about. I've known about this song for a long time, although honestly, I've barely ever listened to it. I may have heard it once or twice before I was preparing for this episode. But as I was listening to it when I was preparing for this episode, it made it onto some of my playlists. It's actually quite a good song in my opinion. I really enjoy it. Might be something you like to check out. Like I said, I would love to know if you all have heard of this song because it's one that was popular but it's kind of obscure. But also, there is a connection. I, I'm not going to go too much. Not going to get too sidetracked here. But there is a connection. Uh, and I would like to see personal connection. And I would like to see if people, uh, especially middle-aged, would actually know about this song or have heard of it, heard it when they were younger, that sort of thing. Anyway, moving on, I do want to mention a couple songs from the more modern era, too. A couple influential, more, I guess you would call patriotic songs. Now, the, one, <laughs> the first one I want to talk about is God Bless the USA by Lee Greenwood. I would say probably without a doubt that this is the most recognizable song on this list. This was a massive hit for the country singer Lee Greenwood, and it's been basically a hit, or people know about it. They've known it's been big for years now. Lee, Lee Greenwood actually does have other music, believe it or not. Some of it's pretty good, but you probably haven't heard any of it. Um, there's a few country stations that, that do play some of his stuff, but... Obviously, this is a great song and has been quite influential <clears throat> in the last few decades. Man, my voice is having a little bit of a hard time. Been a very influential song and obviously has made Lee Greenwood cry, I would guess, quite a bit of money. <laughs> I don't know that much more needs, needs to be said about this. 
The other song I want to talk about might be a little more obscure, but it was still quite popular, actually, around the time that it came out. It's called Have You Forgotten by a country singer called Daryl Worley. I hope I'm saying his last name correctly. It's spelled a little odd. It was it was number one on Billboard's Hot Country Songs chart for seven weeks. Solid seven weeks, if I understand correctly, all at one time, not kind of peaking and going back down and peaking. That was the way I took it reading about it. It also made it to number 22 on the Billboard's Hot 100. Apparently, this was also his largest, his biggest crossover hit. He actually, he has several different country songs as well. Some of them pretty good, too. But this song is about the 9-11 attacks and sort of the politics going on and, and, well, asking the question, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten about what happened? It was written in 2000 or performed, recorded in 2003. And uh, it's a very powerful song. I think it's a pretty well-written song as well. Interestingly enough, there if you aren't a country fan, you probably wouldn't know this, but there was a slew of country songs about 9-11 and the current state of American military and political affairs, many of which are very good songs that are worth checking out on their own another time. But after 9-11 and for a few years afterward, a bunch of these kind of songs were written. And sort of an interesting, I guess, cultural production there as you, you think about all the traumatic and transformative events that were going on at the time. Very interesting. And like I said, some great music that's come out of it too. I really hope you all have gotten some something out of this. Hope you've learned a little something. And I hope you've had a little fun too. Music plays such an important role in our culture. It's one of those things I think we know but perhaps we don't talk about a lot i think if y'all would look into some of this older music that we've talked about as, as that was several of the songs that we mentioned you might like it pretty well actually a lot of it is very high quality in my opinion but there's a deeper element to it as well cultural products such as writing and music influence how we perceive the actions and situations around us Looking back to a time when we didn't have quite so many problems, when we as a people were more united, we were more principled, stronger people, we were focused and, and more moral, uh, it can be quite a good thing. Honestly, listening to much of this music is actually really uplifting and encouraging to me, and not just because it's great music. I do hope that you all check it out. It, it's something, when you think about what's produced today, when you talk about writing or music, it, it it reflects the culture around us, of course, and that can be kind of depressing at times, honestly. I mean, it just, uh, I think most of my listeners would agree that there's a, a lot of problems that are going on around us, but that's where you can get to history, but you look back at some of these things, look back to a better time, not to live in the past, but to understand that truth, righteousness, the good things in life, the things that really matter hold true, even if our culture doesn't value them like they should. And looking back to that can can lift us up a little bit, make us a little happier, strengthen us, remind us of what's really important. Now, I had a lot of fun making this episode, and frankly, we're just scratching the surface. I actually would like to talk about this more. There's more of a philosophical aspect we could go over, like in general or from a principle level, how does music affect a culture? We could go into more detail there, but also just talking more about these songs. 
Now, this is something actually, as I was preparing, this is something I might do more on the, the YouTube channel for the Kentuckian and do some videos on it. I think I could do some, some short clips of the song. So it's not just me running my mouth the whole time. Um, but I will look into that. Speaking of which we do have a new YouTube channel. As I mentioned, it is up and running. I mentioned it last, uh, last episode and that we were getting it ready. I've been looking into it, but it is, it is good to go. There's some content on there right now. Be sure to go over to the YouTube channel, which I will link it in the um, in the description. Be sure to subscribe, and when you subscribe, there's a little bell by the su- subscribe button that uh, gives you notifications when uh, new content's uploaded. So be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications. Right now, there's just a few podcast episodes over there that I've converted into a video format. That way you can listen to it that way if you'd like, or it'll be perhaps easier to share with people and can hit sort of a different audience. I'll continue to add those those new episodes, but I will also have some more exclusive content. So there's going to be content on the YouTube channel that you can't get on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to just the podcast. I, I'm trying to expand the sort of things that we offer at the Kentuckian. I'm excited about it, and... I'm actually planning on having a unique, what you would call maybe a short answer video done by today or or maybe tomorrow uh, for the YouTube channel. It it won't be on Spotify. It'll be for the YouTube channel. It'll be a video that you can just watch. Hopefully it'll be, I'm shooting for around two minutes or less that I think you all really like. Video production is a bit more involved. I've done it before. I'm I wouldn't say I'm great at it. I'm not terrible at it either. I do have a little bit of experience, but it is significantly more involved. So I'll have to kind of work into getting regular video content out. I'm going to try to post often. I don't have a schedule yet, but we'll see how I I kind of get some of these things laid out and planned out. I have some help that I am excited to announce soon that you all may have seen some inklings of, but hopefully I'll have a video announcing that uh, expansion, if you will, soon. But hopefully that piques your curiosity, pay a little attention, and uh, I think I'm, I'm excited about where the Kentuckian's going. I, I'm really excited. I'm motivated. I'm glad that you all are listening, and I hope that you're excited too and that I can bring you a little bit more uh, material for your enjoyment. And don't forget that you, all the ways that you can connect with the Kentuckian, of course, we have our Facebook and Instagram pages. Again, those are great places to reach out to me personally, to reach out to the Kentuckian. And if you want comments or, or tips or questions or, or criticisms or suggestions, anything like that, reach out to me. Those are great places to do it. Don't forget about our new Reddit page if you use that platform. And don't forget about our Gab group. Now, Gab is a Facebook alternative. I would highly recommend that you check out. Facebook has a lot of issues, a lot of problems, and you may know about many of them. I've talked about it a little bit before. So this seems to be a very solid alternative. I've been very pleased with it so far. Hopefully you'll check that out. All those links will be in the description below as well. Remember, anything that you can do to help, no matter how small it might seem, is a huge help. It does make a difference. If you'd like to support me in a more personal way, my Patreon is also linked below. So take a few moments after we finish up this episode to look up at least one of the songs that we talked about. Try and try and expand your, your musical library a little bit, and, and maybe you won't like it. Maybe you will. Hopefully you'll find it interesting and entertaining either way. Do remember that some of the songs we talked about are very old, and you may want to try a few versions. Some of the versions may be a little odd to you. 
and you might find another one you like more. Thank you all so much for your support. Together, together, we can affect change. Never forget that. And of course, as always, a big thank you to my patron. Remember, friends, as long as you and I are doing what's right, we'll make a real difference in this whole world. The Kentuckian, trying to make a difference one person at a time.